podcast by Agile Coaching Roundtable ACRT. This is a conversational and interview-based podcast channel where we interview agile practitioners, trainers, and coaches that share their experience, wisdom, and insights regarding all things agile. Hi, I'm Ramya Shastri. I'm Vivek Kuntoji. We, we are your host for the podcast by ACRT. So let's begin. If you are listening to our podcast for the first time or have not yet subscribed to our podcast channel, hit the follow button on your podcast streaming app now and give us the rating. Also, if you wish to contribute to Agile community, share this episode with your friends and colleagues as well. Are you one of those Scrum practitioners who practice only the mechanics of Scrum framework? Or are you one of those who has never used Sprint Goal as a direction to implement Scrum? Or are you one of those who thinks without estimation or doing velocity, we can't implement Scrum to drive value? If your answer is yes to any of these questions, then you are listening to the right podcast. In this episode, we will learn and understand importance of Sprint Goals in Scrum and how can we drive value through Sprint Goals from our guest Martin Dalmin who has written his first book, Driving Value with Sprint Goals. Martin is a consultant, speaker, trainer, writer and well-renowned name in the field of product management and now an author of his book, Driving Value with Sprint Goals. He frequently speaks at Fortune 500 companies, government organizations and international industry conferences. He has worked with many award-winning startups and scale-ups. He is an ambassador and editor at Serious Scrum, the largest Scrum publication on Medium. He helps teams to beat the feature factory all over the world. He specializes in helping companies to build empowered teams that can discover better ways of delivering value. So without much ado, let's welcome Martin to talk about his book, the link of which can be found in the description of this episode. Martin, uh, welcome to the podcast by Agile Coaching Roundtable. Uh, it's a great honor and privilege to have you on our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Very happy to be here. All right. Uh, we, are, we are very excited, first of all. Uh, one, because your book is out. Second, we are getting an opportunity to talk about that book or discuss about that book today. Uh, and uh, obviously I have read the book and I must say it's a mind-blowing book and I believe that every scrum practitioner must read that book after the scrum guide. I mean the amount of details uh, you have given or the information you have uh, uh, given uh, is almost like you are training people through that book and not just for the, uh, for the purpose of just write, uh, writing and giving that reading experience you are actually imparting knowledge to that book so congratulations and i already know that uh, it it has already landed onto the moon i i would yeah. say <laughs> congratulations uh, on your book thank you master really happy that it's finally done <laughs> yeah i know i mean 3 years of uh, hard work so definitely and it's all uh, getting translated uh, to the readers uh, and uh, I would highly recommend uh, people uh, reading your book definitely and uh, yes uh, let's talk about your book driving values through uh, Sprint Goal with Sprint Goal yeah okay 
so first question um, it it could be a very basic one but i would like to understand uh, what inspired you to come up with this book yeah so um i was actually a very really big sprint goal skeptic so i i did, wasn't a fan of sprint goals and um then something happened to me like so basically i was moved to another team uh as a product owner and my old team didn't have a product owner and they were really frustrated and i just said well maybe you should use sprint goals and i kind of explained them the ideas and how it should work but i was like it's never going to work i just tried to i told them like i don't think it's going to work but give it a shot and then a few months later they came back to me and they were like yeah things are going great we don't have a product owner but everything's running smoothly and i was like okay i was not expecting that i have to try it out myself and then i tried it out myself and i saw all the positive benefits and then i was like wait like if if i felt that way right that i was skeptic or didn't see the value probably there are many more people so i think that was the biggest motivation and and because i read and also because i read many books like there are a lot of books in scrum a lot of book of product ownership there's not a book in sprint goals so i merely made started making all these connections actually this makes sense i've read all of these books about military history it makes sense that it works and that's how it started oh that's really amazing uh, martin to know about uh, the the intent or the uh, the motivation behind uh, coming up on or writing uh, this book obviously uh, the best motivation that you could have picked up uh, right from your team and i think that is really amazing uh, i mean and also your book uh, you know talks about uh, planning cycles of madness uh, would you like to talk uh, more about it for our listeners yeah so so basically I've seen this happen at many companies, big companies, small companies, and it's kind of kind of like uh, something line, along the lines of the following. So basically, at some point, we don't meet our timelines, right? Management get, gets angry, and then they say, "You have to do a better job at planning. Like we have to be professional. We need to be predictable, you know." And and everybody is like, "Yeah, you're right. We need to do a better job." And we go in the meeting rooms. We spend even more time planning we spend more time analyzing and then what actually happens is that we make our plans worse so we introduce the fog of speculation so actually what happens is all those plans because we spend so much time thinking they actually drag us down and then we start working on those plans and we don't meet our plans and then management is angry again why didn't you meet your plans and this keeps on repeating 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 i've seen it happen like 10 times at the same company and yeah i think this is a very common problem so that's the what i call the planning cycle of madness <laughs> amazing and it's so relatable as you uh, rightly mentioned it happens all the time everyone that uh, i mean from the management that is interested in is only planning so for them it's like if the planning is perfect then the execution uh, is almost a cake walk and uh, i remember one of my managers saying this that spend a lot of time in your planning so that your execution uh, takes very less time and me being naive at that point of time like uh, early uh, in my career i used to think that oh we should be so good at our planning so that it doesn't take much time in execution i, I used to follow that and now after i became scrum master and then agile coach i uh, just thought to myself how foolish i was to do that i mean uh, it's not that we should be worrying about i mean less time in planning and after reading your uh, book 
my thought process got uh, validated or maybe my uh, my concept got validated so uh, on the similar lines this brings me to the next question about uh, feature factory so you also yeah. endorse like beating the feature factory yeah so for our listeners could you elaborate the concept of uh, feature factory yeah so a feature factory is a company that releases many many features as many features as possible but they don't really make a difference for customers so so it's a com- it's a company that really focuses on delivering features because a customer says we want feature x or the ceo says and yeah feature factories are not how the most value is delivered because more features doesn't make a better product a book with more pages isn't a better book like it yeah, yeah more lines wow. of code it doesn't mean a better code base so yeah it's about having the right features that make a difference for your customers and that's the tough question another problem is the more features you have the bigger your code base the higher the maintenance costs the, the slower the time to market of future features so it, it all kind of goes downhill if you run a feature factory yeah and also in a certain way if, if one are following it it also promotes in a negative way that we should be focusing more on the quantity rather than the quality of the work in 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 that aspect and also uh, it certainly uh, obviously you know the the teams also go through a lot of con- uh, context switching when when they when they are working continuously on multiple features at a time uh, which which you know in a certain way they, they lose focus uh, towards the right. actual work yes right. that's a good addition so that, that 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 definitely makes uh, sense uh, and now coming uh, to uh, to the more into the planning uh, aspect i mean you also mentioned that uh, humble planning uh, yeah. uh, would you like to talk about humble planning and why yeah. uh, goals matter when working yeah. in a yes sure so the way i see it right when you're doing scrum you're doing complex work but what does that mean and and and, and i think a lot of people already know it i mean uh, ramya you already talked about planning right but i just gave i just in the book i give some simple labels right so when you're doing complex work it means you have what i call the fog of beforehand there's this fog before you start and it you cannot remove it through thinking right because it you can only way you can remove it is by taking a step in the direction of the fog and doing something which is not planning like so that's one part and the other part is as we already talked about before if you spend too much time planning you make more fog because you're going to make assumptions about what's behind the fog and you're going to have the fog of speculation so those two aspects are super important and then let me tie it back to what i talked about so the planning cycle of madness is basically overconfident planning right we think we know more than we do and the opposite of that is humble planning which is basically we assume there's a lot of things we don't know like we're surrounded by fog so we're going to take one step we're going to gather our better understanding of our surroundings we're going to learn we're going to discover and then as our understanding grows we make our plans more confident so this is a really important point i'm not saying don't do planning i'm not saying like the planning is bad i'm saying you should do planning at the point of time when you have the information to make the plan and that's humble planning keep your plans rooted in reality amazing amazing point uh, martin and uh, in the book obviously uh, for the people who uh, who is going to uh, who are going to read this book they would understand the simplicity in which you have mentioned uh, or maybe explained the concepts uh, the uh, analogies or the stories that you have used maybe can you uh, give an example of 
one one or uh, some other story or an analogy to explain the uh, humble planning yeah so i opened the book with a story right for where i'm being uh, dropped in the dark and i need to find my way back to the yes. farmhouse and i was like around 12 years old and like so it was a group of kids you know we were in the dark we were on an island like a small island very tiny island we didn't know how to get back because we didn't know the island but the goal was find your way back to the farmhouse so the challenge there is what we well, like what you see IT companies like when we're faced with all this uncertainty we're going to make a plan we're going to spend all this time planning but we didn't do that we just said okay we're going to keep on walking in a random direction and then we saw hey there's a vantage point like something higher let's walk because then we can see the surroundings and then when we were there we actually saw hey wait there's this big road probably it's going to lead us to the city center and at some point when we did that we actually recognized something by coincidence and we find our found our way back so this is i think a very simple uh, comparison we were using a humble plan we didn't plan everything out because we immediately realized we didn't have enough information we didn't have we just needed to get going and discover our surroundings and uh, yeah that's a, i think a simple way of explaining it oh wow that's uh, really amazing uh, uh, in, in a context to uh, put it across uh, martin uh, would you also like to talk uh, what uh, is plan driven versus a coal driven approach uh, uh, which you which you have definitely covered in the book as well yeah so if what you're doing is so if what you're doing is predictable and planable then you can have a plan driven approach that, which means that you can take a team of experts you give them the plan and they follow the plan and life will be great i mean they need to have sufficient expertise to understand the plan um that's a plan driven approach they don't even need to know what's the goal behind the plan because they just know follow the steps in life but if <laughs> what you're doing is complex then your plans will not work because as we just talked about there's going to be a fog of beforehand there's like there's going to be surprises like stuff you didn't know because you take a step through the fog and then you see then you need goal driven approaches because your plans have to change and yeah that's the the whole point like if you have a humble plan you the, the team can only change if they know what are we trying to achieve with that plan and that's why you need to have goals because then they can ch- in the moment decide to change the plan to achieve the desired results so martin uh, i mean when we talk about uh, we don't know uh, much beforehand right or maybe we say yep. that just figure out the information as we work on it or maybe as we go right isn't it nothing but the empiricism that we have in scrum that we are doing testing our hypothesis with whatever knowledge we have and then see the results and then accordingly adjust whatever we need to do to achieve the goal and then move on so isn't this the part of the empirical process yes yes it should be right so so i think it 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 has many similarities but i think what empiricism doesn't tell you is what happens if you think too much or if you plan too much and 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 talk like so you can talk about the, the to the sea level sea level about transparency inspection adaptation but they will not get it and i found if you talk about these concepts like the fog of beforehand and the fog of speculation you can make them understand right. uh, so yes so yes it's empiricism but i think using that is difficult to explain because it's so basic it's maybe too basic even like yeah um, 
transparency, inspection, adaptation, <laughs> inspection. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Also, maybe I mean this is what uh, I could understand uh, from the, while reading the book is like uh, the plant ribbon is more of uh, in a more of a rigid, whereas a gold ribbon might be we can say is like more of an uh, maybe you know a fluid or an agile way uh, in, yeah. in a in a right. Yeah, and also, also what it uh, uh, leads is the plan driven definitely uh, makes a team do more of a detailed level of plan as you were suggesting, yeah. and also while well, comparing it with a goal driven, it's the uh, the uh, since the focus is on the objective, it it uh, you know helps the team to keep it le- less in you know uh, in a lighter structure uh, of planning, right? Yeah, yeah. and goal driven approaches allow for emergence. And and if you have a plan-driven approach where it's kind of like follow the plan, yes. there's no room for emergence. And 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 even if something happens, unsuspected people fall in love with the plan. It's a fact. Like uh, I also uh, saw this. Uh, like I'm currently reading like a book about Pixar creativity Inc. You see the same thing. They they also say the same thing. Like if you make too much plans, people fall in love with the plan and with their ideas. And <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> Got it. Absolutely true. Uh, so again, uh, while you know speaking with most of the scrum masters around, uh, I mean, uh, while interviewing as well, uh, we have understood that you know most of them are even unaware about uh, what a sprint goal is and why why do we need it? What is the purpose? You know, what could be the reason according to you, and how can we emphasize the importance of sprint goal, especially when working with with uh, a scrum team? Yeah. So I uh, I mean. I think one of the biggest reasons why people don't see the benefit of sprint goals because they think uh, everything in the sprint has to be finished. And if that's that's what you believe, then what's the point of a sprint goal? Because the sprint goal is finish everything in the sprint. And I think that that that's the main reason why many people don't use sprint goals because they don't really get the purpose. They don't get why it's necessary. And and uh, I think the, the the most the best explanation for a scrum master to understand why it's necessary is you start a sprint scope like the the resources are fixed quality is fixed you know time is fixed it's length of the sprint so scope has to be flexible period and what is the mechanism that allows that that's the sprint goal like uh, yeah and 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 that's something that I think a lot of people miss and then what you see is technical depth. Like stressful teams, people unhappy with Scrum. Scrum doesn't work because we have to complete everything in the sprint. So yeah, um, all goes downhill without sprint goals, in my opinion. Absolutely, and also in a certain way, it again uh, goes back to the the feature factory way of working, where the focus yes. is, as we mentioned, you know, whatever is in the sprint, we need to we need to complete, and that is where uh, the thought process or the uh, mindset goes into that. You know, we will start working or operating in a more of a feature factory kind of a development, rather than you know uh, focusing on what the outcome or what the value of uh, creating uh, by the end of the sprint is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wrote a book. It's not that long, right? But I mean, I could have also said I want to write as many chapters as possible, or like. But that's never the goal. I, actually, my goal would be as little pages, as little chapters as possible, so that someone who invests their time, they like instead of thinking, huh, like uh, why did someone write a book on scribbles, they're suddenly thinking like, huh, why didn't write someone write this book earlier? That's my dream with the book, and the less pages, the less chapters, the better. 
amazing uh, also martin you uh, talked about uh, having your scope to be flexible uh, if the uh, timeline is fixed or maybe cost is uh, fixed right so it also touch bases i mean i think uh, this concept of having sprint goal at the core is uh, coming like full circle or maybe touch basing uh, multiple uh, touching multiple uh, uh, concepts as well so one of which is the uh, iron triangle right uh, yeah. uh, of project management uh, when we say that all the constraints are uh, fixed then we are suffocating the system and it is having the impact on the quality so rather have one of the constraints uh, to be flexible could be any maybe the timeline or the scope and uh, people when we say that working in an agile then they come with this magical one saying that oh we are working in an agile and uh, we need to get uh, uh, more items or maybe changing requirements to be accommodated so which also calls for having the flexible scope so what are your thoughts on this yeah no i think you're 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 correct like um if you want to if you want to be agile and be able to change like if the goal is like hey um we need to finish these 10 backlog items then there is no flexibility but if the goal is hey those 10 items what are they supposed to achieve maybe we can achieve it with six of them or seven of them like it, it doesn't like give room for creativity if you tell that this is what we need to finish well then that's what we need to finish but if you tell the team hey this is what we need to achieve suddenly there's far more possible and i think you're right like that that that's the most important thing uh because yeah otherwise we're in the end still following a plan which we created at the beginning yes absolutely true and since we are talking uh, so much about the planning we are talking about the sprint goal i think it would make more sense when we we also talk about how to you know derive or how to come to a, a, a better sprint goal and i think uh, in the book you have uh, mentioned a very good uh, technique uh, that is on the focus of the sprint yep. goal uh, would you like to talk about that as well yeah absolutely so what i found is uh, sprint goals is of course you tell teams hey we need to use sprint goals it's very difficult right because what is a good sprint goal and that's why after working with hundreds of teams i came up with an acronym to make life easier it's called focus and the first letter is the f of fun and 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 yeah some people and i get some criticism i have to be honest they're like it doesn't have to be fun and and i'm like life's too short right like to do boring <laughs> stuff and then, and then if we can make it a little bit fun and and i can tell you one thing if you i'm i told you before i'm reading the book from Pixar creativity they know how to have fun and i think complex problem solving takes creative energy it's fun to do to uh but of course the very least have a memorable title that's the main goal like have a label so like show me the money i'm always in movies right so show me the money is a sprint goal title because you're implementing something it's fun it's going to be dropped in conversation well if it's smart like increase conversion by 3.3% nobody's going to talk about it like it's boring absolutely yeah so that's and also martin yeah, uh, to add to this about uh, a fun right fun element trust me uh, if i mean this is uh, one of the exercises or maybe one of the points uh, that was shared by our trainer in uh, psm class that if you really want to check how many of your team members know or remember the sprint goal call them any point of time during the sprint and ask them do you know this uh, sprint goal what is our sprint goal and trust me they will not be able to tell you so that's how it is i mean 
as you rightly mentioned if we are going to add a fun element uh, to it like uh, show me the money or whatever works for them and yeah. obviously uh, entire team is going to be involved in crafting that uh, sprint goal so if we are uh, going to throw the ball at them and ask them to come up with some uh, fun captions uh, just or prefixes then it would definitely uh, be memorable Yeah, and then and then you have a label, right? Because then during the conversation, be like, hey, wait, our goal is this. It's fun to say, right? And then you can get the right conversations. So have a label, preferably fun, at least memorable. Could also be something like Project Phoenix or whatever, like whatever you want to call it. So the second one is the the O outcome oriented. Like, what are we trying to achieve here? Because at the end of the day, right? We talked about it before features. That's great, but what are we trying to achieve with these features? Like, uh, are we trying to, um, how do you say, make life easier for a certain user? Like, make make it easier to create a pro- project. Do we want to make more money in the end? Or like, if the team understands that, then they know what are we trying to do, and then they can change the decisions because otherwise, it's kind of like the goal becomes deliver this feature. Then C, collaborative. Like, do it as a team. Why is that? Because then they come up together with the name. They come together with the goal. It comes alive, and then as well, it becomes a reminder of what everybody already knows. Well, if the product owner comes up with everything, throws it over the fence, then you won't have their support. You won't have their buy-ins. So this is just to remind you: we need to do it together. It's our goal, the Scrum team. Um, then you have you for ultimate. Like, what is the ultimate reason? Why are we doing this? Like the context. Like, what are we trying to achieve here? Regardless of the outcomes, right? Like. I like so that you have the sufficient context, and then you have to ask for singular one thing, not two things, not three things, because the moment you have multiple priorities, stuff goes yeah downhill quickly. Like if you tell them this is the one thing that matters, and I also want to stress right, this is a common misunderstanding. It doesn't mean the team can't work on other things. It's just like if we have to finish one thing because like everything goes differently than expected. There are surprises. Then this is the one thing. If we have time to finish some other stuff, we can also do that, but only if we have time. And that's the main thing. I think why it's important needs to be one thing because otherwise, three things you immediately have a problem. Like, okay, which one is more important? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just to add to uh, that, I mean, the last point where we uh, said that single. I mean, uh, this is where most of the uh, scrum teams uh, get it wrong. Where where. They say that okay, this is something into our sprint uh, uh, backlog, and everything needs to be completed. No, your focus or your priority when you talk about the priority, your pri- first priority is to ensure that your sprint goal is being achieved. That is one, and then whatever is left out or whatever is still there in your backlog can be taken up. I mean, your sprint backlog can be taken or can be addressed. But at the given point of time, your priority should or your focus should be always on the on the sprint goal, right? So yeah. yes. And you also spoke about uh, output and uh, versus uh, outcomes, uh, Martin. Uh, would you like to talk uh, more on that? Sure. So I think it's actually pretty simple. Outputs are leading things, like things we can quickly measure, and, and outcomes are lagging things, like things we measure afterwards. I mean, there's some uh, writers who have very specific definitions, right? But uh, yeah, that's I think the simplest way of explaining it. So a feature, right? You know, during the sprint that you've delivered it, but whether you've had more revenue or that the customer is happy. I mean, in the end, it all starts with the customer, right? But I mean, those are stuff you have to measure later, and that's what often doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and now i mean uh, since we have touched base on uh, different uh, dimensions of right from the planning uh, to identifying the sprint goal and uh, the focus technique is i think uh, one of the best way uh, to help team be aligned or rather uh, make it more uh, involving for everyone to identify the sprint goals uh, what advice would you give to any scrum master right uh, teaching their teams on implementing scrum uh, more focused on uh, sprint goal yeah so what i find interesting is so what a lot of teams so imagine you have a new team and nobody knows scrum which is pretty rare i think more scrum masters should teach them scrum gradually like start with a sprint goal and a sprint and maybe a retrospective don't start with everything because the thing is you can tell everyone like this is the daily scrum and this is why we do it this is the sprint review this is why we do it but it's a lot of stuff at the same time and much better it is to let them do something and then let them discover wait we had a problem and then during the retrospective the scrum I said hey wait wait we could start doing a daily scrum or we could start then they experience it and then they understand the purpose and i think that's a big mistake many like I wish more people would experiment with this because uh, I think it, it works. Scrum is a lot, and and this also fits with Scrum in my opinion. Okay, this is not allowed by the Scrum guy, by the way. You're not doing Scrum when you do that, but I think it's a much more sensible way of doing. It start with the most important thing, which in my opinion is a goal and a retro, maybe a review, whatever. But start simple, not with everything. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, I mean. and we also acknowledge the fact that yeah i mean uh, we we might be you know compromising on few of the elements of scrum uh, but that is how i mean uh, in an empirical way we are still inspecting and adapting whether it fits our context whether it still works for uh, the purpose that we are you know uh, here to to solve a problem for the customer and if it works for us we'll continue doing it if not then maybe we'll will add few more elements and then we'll see how it uh, how it works so there is i don't think so i mean So there is absolutely any harm in in trying out in that way. But what's interesting is many practitioners do think there's harm because there, and which I surprises me, because the way I see it is, if you cannot trust like people to figure out uh, Scrum, right, to figure out whether a daily Scrum has value, then how, why can we trust them to use Scrum as a framework where they have to yeah. add stuff on top? Like to me, it doesn't make sense. Like either you trust them completely. like even with scrum or you don't trust them at all but not like, like yeah we trust you with everything except changing scrum like i i don't get it to be honest <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean by the end of the day the the focus is delivering value or getting the things done i mean be you call it a different framework or uh, in an, a simple way of uh, following the 12 uh, principles and values of agile if you're yeah. still getting the things done uh, i think it 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 solves a problem right yeah Yeah, I have the same philosophy, but I'm too pragmatic. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine. Uh, and uh, uh, we know, I mean, we have covered a lot of things, and there were a lot of things uh, we have not intentionally covered uh, in, in yeah. while doing this podcast. And we because that's the reason we would encourage people to go and read the book. Uh, but before you know, we let you go. Uh, just the last thought that would like to check from you is, according to you, why should people be buying this book what is you uh, know that they would be getting out of this yeah so what i'm going to speak like what i hope right so what i hope what people get out of it is a completely different way of looking at scrum like we mm-hmm. uh, what i see is especially 
um, how do you say, novice Scrum Masters, they get sucked into the mechanics of Scrum. And with this book, I try to not do that. I'm actually, there's very little focus on the mechanics of Scrum. And I try to really explain like the whole Scrum framework through the lens of the sprint goal so that it kind of more becomes like, okay, so we're trying to achieve something and this is how every Scrum part fits in to help with doing that instead of saying, this is Scrum, this is how Scrum works. Like, and I think it's a very different way of introducing Scrum. And, and, and yeah, and that's also why I really hope that even experienced people who know Scrum really well, when they read like the chapters on Scrum, they will be like, yeah, like I already know Scrum, but it, I'm looking at it slightly differently now. And yeah, that's what I'm hoping for uh, when people read the book. Oh, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, uh, while reading the book, I also felt it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, a few of the points are still part of Scrum. I mean, not few. Uh, everything that is written in the book is still following Scrum. Yeah. However, the way of putting it across in terms of explaining it in much in deeper in in thoughts, in concepts, or why you know the talking about the why point, uh, getting into that makes more sense. You know, reading this book. Uh, so yes, I completely align to this. Thank you. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> and also for me, Martin, if uh, if I have to tell you, uh, tell you or uh, the listeners why anyone should read this book is Scrum talks about what, what is Scrum, or maybe uh, what are the elements of Scrum, and uh, we talk about uh, Scrum being uh, incomplete uh, intentionally, and I think people will find uh, the answers of how. To implement Scrum through your book, I mean that is one of the uh, top reasons for me. And also, as you rightly mentioned, uh, I very well remember that it, I think it's chapter number five, if I'm not wrong. And uh, you have like uh, talked about uh, describe Scrum uh, in a very uh, light way, right? Uh, which is still the focus is around the sprint goal, but uh, revolving around the sprint goal. You have described this scrum. So what I feel is, at least for that chapter or for that lesson, to get a different perspective of what scrum is, I I think everyone must read, read your book. And I'm really happy uh, that uh, you made this choice of writing a book and imparting so much knowledge. And uh, as I mentioned, people will not let you settle just at book number one. <laughs> you will have to <laughs> keep on writing books because you are like imparting so much of knowledge through your uh, through your book, and uh, I would be looking forward for you to announce uh, your uh, future books so that uh, we all can learn uh, from your uh, lens. Thank you so much, Martin, for doing this, and also uh, for our listeners, or maybe for you as well. You you were our top recommendations guest recommendations be it from the guests or from the listeners so whoever we asked who who do you think should we get on our show or maybe when we ask our guests for recommendations you were the top uh, top name uh, for the uh, recommendations so that talks about uh, yourself or maybe your work that you do thank you so much for all that you do for this uh, agile community and uh, really appreciate your time and uh, what i would also like to say is the way uh, we must do humble planning similarly uh, you are very humble as a person and that's the reason why i think you have chosen that word uh, of being humble 
so thank you so much for all the contributions that you do and thank you so much for doing this podcast with us it was a great pleasure talking to you it was my pleasure thank you very much thank you so much listeners for listening to us patiently we will meet you again with new episode till then if you like this podcast please do like share and subscribe to our podcast show the podcast by agile coaching round table acrt with ramya shastri and vivek kuntoji